Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. Hey friends, hello, hello out there. How are you today? As always, it is a pleasure to be here with you and thank you so much for hopping on to watch. If you are with us, please let me know because I don't know you're here unless you tell me. Definitely, if you have questions during um, today's amazing episode of Real Talk, I already know it's gonna be amazing because I have an incredible guest with us today. And please, if you're here, let us know, say hello. Um, it's, again, always a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, we get to see some sun here today in beautiful San Mateo. So to all of you, thank you for being here. And today I am so excited to have an incredible guest here on Real Talk. And if you don't know who I am, I'm Grace Redmond, and I have the pleasure and privilege to every week connect with incredible people from my circles and communities who have overcome challenges and created amazing. Today, I am so excited to welcome Melissa Kim Quarter to Real Talk. Melissa Kim is a best-selling author, hypnotherapist, speaker, and artist using Jungian archetypal and mythological concepts in her teachings, writing, and workshops. She is currently pursuing her doctorate in Jungian archetypal studies and incorporates the mind and consciousness into her creations and mandalas. She is also the creator of Wild Women, Inc., and I am so excited to now welcome Melissa Kim Porter. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. This is so, I'm so fun. I am so excited to have this conversation with you because you are magical. Magical. No. And whenever we connect and co-create, there's like this magic. And, and I just, I'm so excited to, you know, bring it to our audience today, your magic and enchantment. Oh, well, I'm honored to be here. And I have always felt that as well. Like we get into these beautiful conversations. And every time I think like, it's always the two of us just in, in conversation and dialogue and speaking our hearts and we have fun and we go deep at the same time. And it's like, man, if other people were to see this, they'd participate in the magic too. So I'm so excited that we actually do that today. It's like, yes. it's, it's going to be so fun. Yes. So fun. And, um, Talking about magic, I mean, something that I've definitely been witnessing, you know, I've witnessed your journey over the years and your transformation with your business, with yourself. And it's been it's been magical to watch. And it's, it's been amazing for me to watch because in the past, I've struggled in creating because I would struggle from a place of hustle. I took pride in my hustle. And I've learned from witnessing you that there's really a magical and enchanting way to create our life in business. And if you can kind of speak to that for us, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Oh, oh my gosh. It's my, it's my absolute favorite subject to speak on uh, because I feel like it's so personal. It is personal. It's part of my life and my journey experience, but it kind of starts with being disenchanted, right? It starts with not having that magic, not understanding power, not being able to connect with that, that sort of put me in proximity to um, wanting that, desiring it. You know, and it's what you actually spoke to also the hustle mentality and the idea of how to live a life and, and, and business and be successful. And so that's what I thought was necessary is the hustle and working hard and all of this effort. And the entire time that I would find myself in these successful moments from an outside you know, perspective, what other people would consider to be successful. I also felt like my biggest lows, my deepest lows. And these moments of like, well, wait a minute, isn't this what, what I wanted? This achievement or this experience, this season of life, isn't this what I worked so hard for? And it was almost depressing 
because I would find myself in these experiences going, well, wait a minute, this isn't what I thought the joy would be. I thought it'd be fun and magical. And anything that I did that involved all of the hustle, it, it just felt like it was um, intense and uh, serious all the time. And I realized like, well, that's not very magical. That isn't I, I want to feel lightness in my body. I want to wake up and look forward to what I'm doing. The bank account and the dollars and those different forms of success and measurements of that, that was nice for a very short-lived time until I realized that how I felt didn't shift with any of those things. So it's it started with disempowerment, truly, and and waking up to that and going, this is not what I want my version of success to be. And that's sort of like that entry point that was like, okay, here we really begin with a different type of work that is more about inspired effort versus this forceful effort that we feel like we have to do to keep up. Does that make sense? Oh, gosh. Yes. I mean, that completely resonates with me because that was me. And like I said earlier, like I took pride in that hustle because that's what I learned. The 10X and, you know, I, I watched all um, the very successful sales entrepreneurs and I, and I followed those uh, formulas and yes, I achieved success, but I always also found myself very exhausted. Yeah. And I like how you said you came to the magic, creating the magic enchantment from the disenchantment. And that's exactly what happened for me as well. Being in that hustle for so long, it's not sustainable. And also, um, I love Abraham Hicks and the law of attraction. And, you know, it puts you in a place of resistance. And so I love how you said, like, you took a step back and decided to create from that inspired action, which seems so counterintuitive to what we're taught on the practical side of business. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. All the, the templates and the formulas and the strategies and, and all of that's wonderful. And I know yeah. it serves a lot of people, but it wasn't serving my soul. It was, it was helping my ego a little bit. It was helping me to feel like, okay, well, this must be the way. So I had something to relate to or connect to with what I thought was also success that I saw in other people but it, it was missing that entire in, inner component of fulfillment, of connection, of, of like, I want to be able to, just an example, go for a walk in the morning and get lost in the sound of the wind through the trees and the mm -hmm. birds and nature and all of these, these things that are vibrant and real and alive. And when I'm in the hustle, I'm on my phone. I'm thinking about the next thing. I'm worried about the accomplishment of the day. I'm worried about checking things off the list. And it's it's interesting, but it takes me out of that enchantment when I get too much in the details and the have tos and the shoulds. And so I, I completely just relate to what you're sharing about that. Those things are wonderful to a degree when it comes to like strategies and formulas and having something to kind of um, witness and, and work off of. And that served me to a degree, but I feel like it brought me into this place where next was like, okay, what do you want here? Now that you got the ground beneath you in your business, or your life or what have you, what do you actually want? Mm -hmm. And I, it was in those moments of like, wow, I know I'm very clear on what I don't want anymore. Right. I don't even know what I want. I don't even know what the magic was or the enchantment because it wasn't a felt embodied thing yet. Mm -hmm. It was this abstract concept that seemed to happen for other people. And so I had it all twisted. And so I kept going with what I knew how to do, which was the hustle and the figure it out and the control. And yep. it was like somewhere in those surrender moments where it's like, mm -hmm. oh, wait a minute. I can let go here and the world's not going to fall apart. Like I can actually take a breath and step back and it's not all going to crumble. Like, what is that? Mm, that's magic. <laughs> That's magic. And something that just dropped in as you were talking is kind of the masculine and feminine way of creating, you know, the, the forms and the strategy is masculine, which that's the way we've been taught. And then when we infuse the feminine into it, that's the creativity. And how can we meld those together to create? And I love how you said, just feel fulfilled, you know, feel fulfilled with what we're doing. The other thing that just popped in something you said was you're watching everyone else and how they were doing it. And I know I've fallen into comparison so many times. Absolutely. Which is self-sabotage. And 
I absolutely, I've experienced it and I know you've experienced it. We can absolutely create with a balance of the feminine and the masculine to create that magic, but it could look different for each person. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what just comes to mind when you just shared that is, is like, it's interesting to me and I'm, I'm curious about this experience for you too. It's like I notice, uh, especially women, I just I've worked with men as well, but I tend to the majority of the people that are drawn to my work happen to be women. And what I notice with working with these women and myself is it is almost easier for us to hustle and to work really hard and to figure those things out. But God forbid we got to sit back and receive for a minute or let someone support us or help us. It's like all of a sudden, like, well, wait a minute. That's terrifying. (laughs) Like that is frightening to be that vulnerable, right? And that's that feminine essence of receptivity. And it is still very strong and very deep and very trusting and and walking through the unknown. But we've kind of like packaged it in this foo-foo self-care feminine way where a lot of us are like, I don't want that because that seems like that just isn't appealing to me. But God forbid I learn how to open receive like that's scary. That is frightening. And I feel like that's a big piece of where this magical component comes in is can I just let go of some of this control? Can I tap into that receptive nature? Can I be supported? And then can I create the space for that to happen? That's a whole other level of terror, right? For some well, of us. Totally. You're, you're right too, you know. You're right. It's a whole nother level of terror because. In my experience back then, if I asked for help, I was weak mm-hmm. and I was surrendering control and I need a sense of control for safety. Yeah. Little did I realize I was, again, the word self-sabotage. It's, it's self-sabotage. Now, can we create from that hustle? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't feel good. Like, it feels great when you're seeing the numbers and you're achieving, but then you, like you said earlier, like, where's the purpose? Right. And, and, and I, we could combine, we can combine both and create from inspiration and attract more. Cause the bottom line when you're in business is, is money. Yeah. And money's energetic. But when you're on this side of the fence, you don't realize money's energetic. Right. It's so true. It's so true. We do all the things that we think we need to do in order to achieve it, to to have it, to hold on to it. And I feel like until you've kind of had some of those experiences, it's really hard to wrap the mind around like, well, what what do you mean? Fulfillment? Like if I had those dollars coming in, I'd feel this way. And that's what I think we think we want to believe is true. Because nobody really, I'll just speak for myself. I didn't want to admit that achieving the things, accomplishing the things could actually leave me feeling more empty. I thought there's no way that's possible. Like you hear this stuff, right? But until you actually walk through it, you're like, it just seems like such a foreign concept to have it all, have it all on paper or from a very... um, outward uh, perspective of what people think is having it all. But then when you're walking through that, you realize like, wow, okay, this is great. I want to celebrate that I accomplished this or had this thing happen, but it didn't make me any more whole or complete. It didn't give me whatever. It didn't all of a sudden turn a light on and make my world magical. I can do that from any place that I stand at any point in this journey, I have to be the one to flip that light on that switch on and to decide that this world is magical and it can feel good and it doesn't have to be so difficult. And if that resonates for someone else, if their fulfillment comes from working really hard and checking off the boxes and accumulating the things, I am all for supporting that desire. But for Mm -hmm. me, it didn't, it didn't do the things that I thought it was going to do. And, and also I can relate to that same thing. I had everything. I was very successful and had all those shiny everything. And it felt good in that moment, but there was always an emptiness. And what I realized was the intention for me to achieve and create was to feel worthy, was to prove like I'm good enough. And that's right there is, is, is a resistance because that I'm not whole. I'm, I'm looking for outside um, factors to help me be whole. And we, as, as we know, and I'm sure the audience, um, who's watching knows it comes from within. 
So I can have all the shiny objects and feel empty. I can have nothing and feel whole. Right. And so when I realized like, okay, the intention I was creating from an intention of lack, I'm not good enough. So when that shifted and now I create from an intention of like, I'm whole the way I am. And don't get me wrong. Of course we have insecurities. It's a very different way of creating and it flows very differently. It does. It does. It comes it, easier. Yeah, it does. It's, it's that effortless effort, <laughs> you know, that inspired the effort. Right. Because we need yeah. to take action. Like, I'm not the believer that I'm going to sit on this couch and it's just going to come to me. Do some things come that way? Yes. But on the whole, no. We, we, we you know, it's it's the process of the visualization, um, the desires, and the action. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. The feeling of it, the, the listening to your intuition, you know, mm -hmm. those silly little um, breadcrumbs that, that are on our path that like, well, wait a minute. I don't know. Is this the right thing? And why is this showing up? And well, it's showing up because it is the next thing. It's the next thing that is there to lead us um, in such a different way. It can lead us in such a different way. And I think this really comes down to how we lead ourselves in that way, you know, choosing to walk through this world with more of a magical lens has then allowed that to happen for me. It's it's the thing that I was just talking to a group yesterday and it's the thing that takes something as simple as a bird flying by your window and turns that into a metaphor with this this language built into it, this symbolic language that's there for us to retrieve. And I feel like business is the same thing. If we can, if we can get out of our heads a little bit and recognize those, those moments of hustle and start to kind of reframe that and say, is this necessary? You know, sometimes that hard work in that moment is the answer. And then in other moments, it's like, well, wait a minute. A nap would better serve me right now than me hammering out this problem mm -hmm. from this mindset like you're talking about. You know, it's it, it, it's what is actually going to serve the outcome better? Me working myself to death to get it done or going and taking a hot bath and a nap and then totally. jumping back in in a different frame of mind. And I feel like that's part of the magic, too, knowing that about ourselves. I, that I know now. You know, before I'd feel guilty if I took a nap, if I took a walk, if I wasn't doing anything. And I've learned, and I want to talk to you about the pause. You know, I've learned that the pause is necessary. The pause is helping your business, your life grow and expand. Talk to us about the pause. What does that mean to you? There's so many moments, so many moments that I fought this pause. And what I can tell you now is... I feel like everything's very cyclical for us, right? A lot, there's a lot of patterns and cycles that we can pay attention to with whether it's our bodies, the cosmos, the moon, whatever. There's there's these cycles. And if we pay attention to that, we can really learn so much about what works and serves us as far as effort and rest and pause. And so I, I have worked with this thing now called the sacred pause. It was not sacred originally, it was like dreaded <laughs> because what would happen is I'd go into a period of burnout and I'd have to nurse myself back to health, nurse myself back to a place where I could handle the work and the things I created and all this in my business. And what I realized is that that cycle for me always came about at the end of summer where I would start to slowly wind down before the winter months came about. But when I fought that and I tried to work through it, my physical body would go into some type of burnout experience or something else would happen, sabotage and all these different forms to get me to take that pause. It wasn't until the last two, two to four years, I'll say, that I really started to try to get a, a handle on understanding this cycle of what was going on. And what I recognized was that when I worked with myself in this way, instead of against, instead of fighting these, these moments of energy and effort and all of it, I recognized this, there's this period where it serves me to go inward and slow down. And it doesn't mean I wasn't active. I just, my activity looked different. My actions weren't so outward, online, public, busy. My actions were journaling, meditation, 
uh, visualization, like you're saying, like, what are my desires, but creating spaciousness for them to actually take root instead of, okay, I woke up and I did my thing and I'm going to take this and my ritual and go into this net. Like it was more of a, if I feel guided to do that, I will, mm. but the slowing down the pause was giving myself a lot of spaciousness to let things happen instead of trying to dictate what happened instead of controlling it. And if it weren't for the physical part of that with my body, my health, my adrenals, my nervous system, um, basically not giving me much of an option <laughs> to deal with this, I wouldn't have learned the value of those moments. And, and now what I call is going into my little sacred cave, my little mm -hmm. healing cave. And I would fight it. I'd resist it. I, I don't want to be in bed healing. I don't want to be having to refrain from doing it. Like I would fight it at first until I realized this is a rejuvenation. Mm -hmm. And this rejuvenation can't take place if you're going to be fighting it every second of the way. And not only was it rejuvenating, but what I didn't understand, and I, you know, you get this grace so beautifully, is it didn't give the the, uh, the universe an opportunity to respond to what I actually wanted because it was oh. constantly filling the space with more. So this spaciousness that started with the opening of taking care of my body actually led me into spaciousness to let the universe engage and deliver to me the things I actually wanted. I had to become available for that. And I wasn't available in my busyness and in my head. Mm, I love that because you're so right. I've just recently learned to embrace the pause. And you're right. In the pause, it's not that I'm doing nothing. It's just I'm not strategic. I'm journaling, like you said. I'm meditating. I'm visualizing. And that's all part of the creation process where I thought that you always had to be like doing and again, I've learned that that's, that's resistance. Yeah. And now when I, like you said, when I find myself going back into the hustle, I step back and I remind myself that's resistance. And if I'm going to create from that magic and enchantment that you talk about, I need to open up that space. And now I'm realizing if I'm, like you said, if I'm always busy, we're always busy. How are we going to have space for that magic to come in? those possibilities, right. opportunities. So that was, that was beautiful, Melissa. And so resonated with me because the pause does help create space for those opportunities and possibilities. Yeah. Now I'm going to ask you this question in your visualizing um, your life to where it is today. Did you visualize it to be as magical and enchanting as it is today? It's so interesting. I have chills all through me just asking me that question. No, I really didn't. I, even in my visualization, it was hustle. <laughs> like I it was so hardwired in me to hustle and, and to show up in that way that even in my visualizations, which still come from us, right? That we, there might be a spiritual component depending on what you believe and what your perspective is. But for me, when I visualize, I think of like a greater part of me is involved in this, but still my humanness is there too. So oh, even in visualization, what's that? No, so we're human. We have ego. It's necessary. Right? Exactly. And so that piece though would engage so much that even in visualizing what I wanted, I still had these beliefs wound up in that, that it had to be difficult or hard. So even when I'm like, let's say going into the future and, and, and future pacing or, you know, that kind of a thing, eyes are closed. I'm dropped in. I'm thinking about what I want, what I want to create. There is almost this low level, I don't want to call it anxiety, but maybe apprehension of like, oh, well, if I don't fill even this visualization with my day being jammed, packed with things, what's going to be there? What is, what's going to come in? And I wanted to feel in control of that. So I would, my visualizations were like, when I wake up, it's like this, and then this happens. And I go through this whole day. And even though that was great for anchoring in, let's say feeling of what I wanted to feel, it still didn't give much space for the universe to surprise me, like deliver something outside of my mind. Show me there's more here. Now my visualizations are a fraction of what they used to be. I used to fill it to the brim with everything. I have to get it all done is how I felt. And now it there's a lot of gratitude in my visualizations. They're, they're not always as much of going into future, although 
right now we're in huge transition. We're about to move. So some of the visualizations are seeing me relaxed, <laughs> seeing yes. me in the space of enjoyment. Instead of the visualizations of the doing, I've moved into the visualizations of how do I want to feel? I want yes. to feel space. I want to feel connected. I want to feel abundant. I see myself doing things I enjoy. In the past, the old me would have been doing the things in the visualization to create money. Mm. Today, I'm doing the things where the money would be spent. And that's the flip for me that changed everything. That changed it all. I love that. I, I, I can relate as well. And I've asked this question, you know, I'm just curious. I asked this question to, you know, other friends and colleagues is, you know, your life, the way you visualized it. And typically the answer is it's better than I had realized, which speaks to the magic of the universe of God, of whatever you want to call it. And when we surrender and, and we allow how it, even like even in my visualizations, I never thought that I'd be where, you know, I am today. And what I've learned to do as well is like not get caught in the detail. I know how I want to feel. Yeah. And I allow myself to sit in that feeling of what it feels like. And very similar to you, I want connection and fun and enchantment yeah. and flow. And that's so different than writing the goals down and checking them off. I think that's still, you know, practical. I still do that but I feel into it and I'm open to the how, like the universe, like I'm so open, like however you want to bring it, bring it. Totally. So, you know, going, so going back to, you know, the teen Melissa that grew up in New York, did you imagine that you're going to be an entrepreneur? Is that what you said? When I grow up, I want to be an entrepreneur and a, a spiritual teacher. No. None of that. Um, it, it's actually quite dramatic how I was back then. I had no vision for myself. I truly didn't. I was in such a place of disconnect from who I was, from any potential. I was always very intuitive. So that was something I had from a very young age was the the intuitive, which I think we all do. Um, but there was a, this intuitive side that I, I still, I always connected with that, but there was no vision of future. My life was so in the moment, but not in the way we talk about with presence today in the moment and mindfulness. It was in the moment of, I didn't want to be here. I didn't want to be here. So my entire life back then was around default behaviors, addictive behaviors, escapism. I wanted to escape life. So I couldn't even, I didn't even feel worthy enough to have a vision for myself. So when I think of where I was and who I am today, I feel like I have literally lived three or four lifetimes since that time. Um, but I think that's really important because here's the thing. When I look back on that, even though in the moment of living through it, it sounds very traumatic and chaotic, which it was, there was still magic there. I didn't have the lens or the capacity to see it, to tap into it, to feel worthy enough to receive it. But when I look back at that little girl, she still talked to the moon. She still mm -hmm. was very connected to nature. She would still have these very deep, profound, intuitive messages. I was writing poetry at five, six years old. I was very creative, artistic, and lost at the same time. And it was the, the magic started to kind of come back, revisiting those times with a different perspective of how even the tragedy trauma moments served me and how the, the healing that occurred. Now I can see that I didn't even have a vision, but the magic was so present. Um, it was a choice though. It was a choice. So now in the present moment, I can choose to see it. But back then I would have told you probably it didn't exist. That's how far the two versions of me are now from today. <laughs> What it sounds like, would you say that, you know, you, you intuitively or from, you know, your higher power was preparing you to get to where you are today? Oh, I love that question because I haven't really considered that in that way. Um, I would say yes. I would say yes to that. I have a sense of there's a resonance in that when you when you ask that. Um, and I also feel like it was purposeful that I mm. couldn't see it. I think a lot of times when people talk about magic and enchantment and intuition, 
there's sometimes this false idea that we'll know it all, that we'll mm -hmm. always be safe, we'll always be protected, protected or what have you. Everything is always perfect. And some of the most contrasting moments are what drew the magic out of me to show me that it was real. Mm -hmm. Some of the rock bottoms were the place where my eyes could actually open to receive it because I was no longer controlling. There's a surrender that comes with those moments where all of a sudden it just, something is unlocked within you. And so I can now sense that, but at the time I wasn't able to. I love how you talked about the contrast because I, for me as well, it's in those moments of contrast is where I was pushed out of my comfort zone. It's where I realized what I wanted and what I didn't want and how I wanted to move forward to create my desires, which I want to also talk about um, toxic positivity. Mm -hmm. I, I definitely, I, I love to be positive and stay in that place, but let's talk about toxic positivity. What does that mean? I love this. And, and I just will say, this is something I continue, continue to learn more of and understand further and further. So it's not like I have a full bodied uh, awareness of what it is through and through. But from what I've experienced with toxic positivity is this component of um, jumping for the next best thing of not knowing how to remain with what is making, uh, whether it's a story we have within ourselves that we shouldn't be feeling what we're feeling or experiencing and always reaching for the thing that's going to get us out of that scenario. I feel like when we do that, and I'll, again, speaking for myself, when I have done that in the past, I have been trying to escape something that was divinely designed or orchestrated, or just, uh, let's just say an opportunity in my life to teach me something really, really potent and powerful. And my humanness, not wanting to feel it, not wanting, not thinking I have maybe the courage or the, the power or whatever to get through this, making these assumptions that I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be feeling this. This shouldn't be happening to me. There's almost this egotistic sort of um, denial that whatever we're facing just shouldn't be what it is. And so the toxic positivity is when we focus on, I'll say something like going to all love and light and only focusing on the higher outcome and only, only getting so attached to the positive nature of something that we lose the value of the shadow. We lose the value of I don't want to say the pain because it also doesn't have to be always about trauma and pain, but it can be discomfort. And, and when we are being offered an opportunity to navigate through something, if we constantly reach for the higher every single time, we're, we're, we're losing the, the opportunity of what's right there in front of us. Mm. You know, I see this all the time and just speaking from my own story and experiences, for example, there was a time in my life where I was really, really, really struggling. And it was one of the worst. I just felt like it was me. I'd done a lot of work by this time, but I still was just struggling in such a dark place. Had somebody swooped in to rescue me or had I latched on to some type of positive idea at that time and just held on to it with my brain, I wouldn't have discovered my resiliency. I, I wouldn't have discovered that I was going to get through it. It's going to work out for me. So there was a positive element. But when I try to reach for the positive element before I've extracted the actual wisdom from the contrast, the, con the, the conflicting feelings, the... Um, the pressure of those moments. It's like, it reminds me of the whole butterfly, you know, type of thing, the caterpillar and the cocoon and the pressure and all those things that happen or the birth canal, all the, you know, the metaphors that we know that would toxic positivity is it's sort of like asking for the end result before you've given yourself the opportunity to go through what it is that actually wants to unfold. And, and we can throw it around. We can project it on other people who are, are in a time of struggle. Or, you know, I've seen people where, here's a great example. I had somebody at one point in time who needed to get a physical, a, a surgery for their body, let's just say, uh, to protect, protect, you know, the the situation. So there was a surgery that was necessary, been deemed necessary. They knew in their heart it was necessary. They were on board with the doctors and the whole thing. Totally thought it was necessary. They believed, though, that they should be able to heal this with their mind. 
And Mm -hmm. for that person in that dynamic, the belief of focusing on healing this with their mind actually created more guilt and shame for them. It made them feel like they were not a a healer. It made them feel like they were not wise. It made them feel like there was something wrong with them because they needed this surgery. And it's, it's kind of like seeing like, well, this thing happened to me. Well, what's wrong with you? How did you attract that? How did you do that with your thoughts? And it's like, well, wait a second, let's slow down here. Anyway, long story short, she ended up getting the surgery and the real healing had to do with her being off of her feet and taking her sacred pause and learning how to not do. And it did teach her tremendously, but it wasn't in what she thought. It wasn't the, the, I'm going to focus on this positive outcome so I can escape the present moment. And I think that's where it gets a little jumbled. Does that make sense? Totally. It totally makes sense. It sounds like she, she thought like in her mind, she had to heal herself when it, that wasn't the lesson. The lesson was her, for her to take that pause to stop, you know, like we were talking about, um, release the doing mentality. And when we don't listen, then the universe comes with the cosmic two by four. Yeah. And, and we need the contrast because I've, I've thought about that before because, you know, you can heal your mind, you can heal your body, but that sometimes puts us in a place of shame or guilt or what's wrong with me. Why can't I heal it? What now I'm understanding is because there's another lesson to it. It's not about healing yourself with your mind. It's about maybe taking a step back, learning to receive. And the contrast has, has been incredible for me. And I realize Yes, again, I'm positive. And um, however, when those times of contrast come, although I'm a energy snob and I want to move to the higher vibration, I've learned this is telling me something. There's something I need to heal. There's something I need to change. And I give my time to sit in that feeling that I don't like because mm-hmm. there's, there's a, it's, I'm in a trigger. I'm in a trauma response. It doesn't have to be a horrible trauma. Yeah. And I also learned that if I move from, you know, if I move from something happens, you know, and it's an impactful moment and it triggers me for me to move out, you know, to move to the positive, I'm not healing. It's going to sit in my body. Then it's going to manifest as something else. And there's nothing wrong with acknowledging. There's nothing wrong with acknowledging our negativity. Like we we're there, there, our thoughts are there. They're there. We can acknowledge it and honor it. But the, 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 what's the word I'm using? It's dangerous when we sit in it for too long and ruminate in it. Mm, Yes, absolutely. Uh, Cause that can be an addiction in itself is always having to heal, right. Or always having something wrong. The traumas. And and I feel like that's kind of like toxic positivity. It's just the opposite. It's the, you know, the toxic, the toxic seekers, whatever you want to call that. Well, you just brought up a point and I think I fell into that. Um, that pit was, I always had a deep, be deep healing and always had a healing. Oh God. Well, I got over-processed and I don't want to do shit. Yeah. We need to give ourselves time to integrate, to live, to be, to step back. It's like, we don't always have to be in, okay, let me dig deeper. You could just be in, okay, I feel it in my body. Let me just breathe through it. I don't need to analyze it. And I think just even breathing through it, acknowledging helps. We don't have to go so deep every time. Absolutely. Especially it's like this fine, fine balance that I think is for unique for each one of us. And I know for myself, if I'm going too much into my past and wallowing there or letting that sort of hold me back. And I also know if I'm going too far into the future, I might have some anxiety around that or some you know, things that are are not yet here and I'm already projecting into the future how it's going to go. And there's this balance between, I think, healing and creating. And and I think it's different for each of us. You know, it's it's like what you're talking about with the always digging. And, and I know we have a lot of similar experiences around this where there was a period for me recently as well where I was just like, I can't even, I don't want to see another documentary right now. I'm not interested in reading another book or being in another class or workshop or whatever. And I love all of that. So it was very weird to, to feel that. But the more I honored that, the more I realized I was overstimulated, like you said, overprocessed. And what I actually really needed was spaciousness mm. and creativity. 
serendipity. And all of a sudden I just started creating. I started just doing these random, the mandalas and all these, just all of this creative stuff. And it's so interesting. So in in some of my studies that we are are working with in school, we work with mandalas quite a bit. And it's interesting because I never realized they were actually a tool that helps the psyche to self-regulate. And I thought that was fascinating. So even in the pulling back from all of the overstimulation and all the things and the learnings and the teachings and all the stuff, sitting down and putting pen to paper and just drawing a circle, it sounds Mm -hmm. absurd. It sounds ridiculous. It's like, what? But actually doing that gives other parts of you spaciousness to show up. Mm. And I was like, wow, when I'm focused out here, on this teaching and this writing and this book and this class and this what that's wonderful and i'm in constant productivity mode processing there's no space for reflection mm. and what i learned about myself is i integrate the teachings and learnings and wisdom and life and magic i integrate it when there is spaciousness and time for self reflection Mm, yes. Self-reflection, I think, scares people. I think a lot of times they think it's going to be like what we're talking about, all the old, the past, the the stuff that we haven't just created the space to be with. And at first, I think that can feel that way. But I feel like over time, self-reflection starts to turn into what is the enchantment? What mm. is the magic in this? How can I see this differently? What am I willing to have happen in my life that is just going to blow my mind in the most amazing of ways if I'm open and available for that. And so I think that reflection piece is also key in, you know, what we're, we're talking about and spaciousness and the pause and the magic and are we available for what we even want? Are we creating space for that or filling it constantly? Mm, you know, that's so beautiful. I just want to sit with that for a moment. So are we creating space for what we want? in our business and we're not it's in that creativity like you said sitting down taking out the pen and the paper yeah, being going for a walk mm, just yeah. you know like even just walking near the water being in the wood i'm a nature person so it's always going to be around nature <laughs> but somebody else's version of that is just you know going and getting a, a, a cup of coffee at a coffee shop and listening to the sounds and the smells and the interactions that are happening. There's so much going on. And and on one hand, yes, there's the overstimulation and all of that, but there's also these magical moments that are consistently present. I have to, is it okay if I share a little something real quick that's coming to me? Yes. It was a couple of years ago, uh, maybe five, six, seven years ago-ish. I was having this beautiful conversation um, with somebody I hadn't seen in a really long time. I walked into this place. I was about to do a, a talk like for the evening. And we were just catching up for a few minutes before. And I was asking him, like, how's it going? And what are you up to? And all that kind of normal stuff. And and he brought up something really interested, interesting. And he's like, he said something about taking the bus. And I was like, oh, that's cool. He's like, yeah, that's how I get around these days. I'm either walking everywhere or I take the bus. And and for some reason, when he talked about taking the bus, my intuition was like intrigued by that. I'm like, well, what is it like to take the bus? And he's like, it's magical. And I'm like, explain. (laughs) And he's like, and he used the terminology God, right? Not everybody does. I just want to respect that. But for this gentleman in this conversation, he's like, well, God is on the bus. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And he starts to tell me how every interaction, people coming on and moving over and letting someone sit there, mm-hmm. someone being kind and generous, making mm-hmm. space, talking, how are you? Like conversations being ignited. He's like, it's so great when you get this group on the bus and they all put their phones away. And oh, next nice. thing you know, they're dialoguing. And it's like a whole other world. And then the one stop happens. And so somebody leaves and somebody else comes on. He's like, it's a magical universe. God is on the bus. And I was like, oh, like what a different way, right? To think about that. And it just got me thinking about enchantment isn't just in the castles and, and in the wooded areas and nature, even though that's where it might be for me. It is 
everywhere. It is everywhere we go. It's every place that we choose to visit. It's in our businesses. It's in our conversations. It's in the still moments. It's everywhere. And I, I just, I choose now to see it. I choose to tap into it just like we can choose to tap into prosperity or abundance. We can choose to tap into enchantment. And it, it doesn't have to be in a, put into a box. It gets to feel good and unique and our own, just like the definition of success. Same thing. It gets to be our own version of that. But it's going to serve us to actually decide that it's already happening. It's already here. And how can I adjust myself to recognize it, to connect to it? Change well, everything. Feel, well, from what you just said, like I feel the enchantment now. It's the flow. It's the connection. I can I can feel I'm gonna go say hello to everyone that's here. Like I feel that energy. And right now we are in a space of enchantment because of that connection that you brought, because of the flow. And that story of the bus is amazing because that's what it's about. Really right. is us connecting, connecting to nature, to other people. And um, I'm, we're definitely in the flow. And if you have a minute, I'd love to say hello and let you know who's yes. here. Absolutely. Oh, I love this. Oh, this is fun. Can, I bottle, can I bottle this up, Melissa? Because it feels so good. That's our next adventure. How do we do oh, that? Oh my gosh. I'm going to bottle up this energy right now. Um, so, Jack <laughs> Nika's here with us, and Nancy oh, Toda. Thank you guys for joining us. And Amy Karmansky Kokos is here with us, and Rachel yeah. Elizabeth, and Deanna's here with us, and Aaron Christine. Thank you. Aaron says this conversation is gold and right on time. Thank you, ladies. Um, we also have Jody Harvela's here with us. Jody! Yeah. And Yamina Terry's here with us. And, yeah, oh. and Yamina says, love the way you put that, Melissa. Now I don't feel guilty for pauses because I can feel myself recharging. I didn't think of myself uh, um, creating space. So that's so resonated. I love that. Nina's with us as well. And Amber Marie and Lisa Pataglino Nelson's here with us. And hey, Lisa lady. said, um, oh, she said, do you find that you feel like you imagined or better or worse when it was all settled? I'm not sure what that piece goes to, but we can go back to it. And yeah, I just feel so enchanting right now. Judy James is with us. Judy. And then Aaron Christine says toxic seeker syndrome. Amber Marie says, um, this is all what I needed to hear on this journey of stepping out more to be seen. Yeah. I am definitely not coming from a place of love and light always. So tired of all the focus being there. It's about being true, authentic, and that's all of the pieces. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think I talked to Melissa about this, where I was trying to come from a place of love and light all the time, <laughs> because that's what I was witnessing. And then finally, I was like, excuse my language. I was like, you know what? Fuck this. Like, that's not real for me. Like there's going to be times where I'm going to swear and, and, and just really be real. And that could be like, fuck this shit. Right. Um, and I it. Like I own it, but am I also loving and kind? I am, but sometimes I, I can't step into that love and light and I need time. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so, it's so key. It's, un, it's important to understand this. It sounds like common sense, but it's not common practice because a lot of us have so much, we all have conditioning, you know, of all different types. And I, I realize the older I get, the more I mature, the more that I unlearn things as well. The, it, it's like, man, it's so multifaceted, this universe that we live in. And magic really isn't everything it's there's a vitality to everything if we really choose to tap into that um and that's something that i have really the last year i would say uh, my journey through school returning back to school has it's been like this enchanted and sometimes traumatic <laughs> some moments i'm like this is the best thing i've ever done and in some some moments i'm like this is the craziest thing. Why did I decide to go back to school in my 40s? Like I could not, I, I could have avoided being done with school by this point. But what what I love about it is that we are constantly immersed in opportunities to see the contrast and the light. We're, we're, uh, we're offered opportunities continuously to look at the magic of both sides of this. And mm -hmm. even in the shadow aspect, which always gets this bad negative reputation, this ego, like you said, ego, we need this, right? But it's always 
the way in talking back to the toxic positivity point, it's like, oh, we need to release the ego. Well, no, you would not be alive if you release the ego. It doesn't work right. that way. The right. ego helps us with boundaries. The ego mm -hmm. helps us to have healthy forms of separation. And, and it, it, it kind of think of like your calendar, right? If you have a schedule, if you work off a calendar, you know where to go and what to do and what's kind of going on. And, and it can keep you on track. The ego is the same thing. It can just help guide us and show us. Now we can go too far into it and go into some control stuff. Um, mm -hmm. But if we work with the ego and our soul, our higher self together, that's where this magical alignment comes in. And then we have synchronicity. Yeah. Like synchronistic moments show up more and more. And one of my professors just said it in such a beautiful way. He was like, you know, synchronicity to me is when your ego, your soul, and your humanness are all on the same page. Mm. And then all of a sudden there's something there you see and you go, oh, and you just can't talk yourself out of how magical it was or how in alignment it was or how great it felt. Like it's really hard to turn away from the synchronistic magical moments when you believe in them and you trust that there's a part of you that is just aligned in some way to let this happen. It, and that's part of that enchantment, I feel, mm -hmm. is, is yes. you know, one of the questions I like to ask myself isn't how do I create this? How am I going to make this happen? Those would be my old questions when I was doing my visualization that was filled with things. My new questions are, how do I align with what it is the universe is trying to deliver to me? Mm. Or, you know, another one is like, if you ever have heard of that, I think it's a roomy quote, like what you seek is seeking you. Mm. It's how do I align to what is seeking me? Because if we think of as our desires and the magic and all these things we're talking about as also wanting to move through our life experience, like what if we are the perfect container, this human form we are and this person and personality, what if we are the perfect um like soup pot of ingredients, right? For this thing to move through us. Like what if that was part of the design? And I'm not someone that believes like everything's orchestrated down to the detail, but more of a, what if what you actually want to create in this life is, is more about how do I align is figuring out how going into the control of the details. And so magic for me is a little bit of surrender of letting go and reminding myself, I don't always have to be the one with my hands on the wheel. And if I am constantly trying to live from that perspective, which usually is from safety, like you mentioned, then my work is how do I trust more? How do I let go a little more? How do I, how do I get back in touch with that part of me that is reminded that it all works out and Amen. often works out better than yes. what my controlling egotistical mind is trying to dictate? I can definitely vouch for that, the surrender, the surrender. And I want to go back. I think Lisa kind of um, letting us know what the comment's referring about. So the comment is referring to how you feel into a moment you are manifesting. Does the feeling you projected the one you ultimately feel? For me, yes. For me, yes. Um, if I'm thinking about manifesting something, I do think into the feeling of how do I want to feel like... I, I feel into like I already have it. And how do I feel if it's joy, if it's ease, yeah, if it's happiness? I just feel into that emotion. What about you, Melissa? I love that. It's very similar for me. Um, if I'm thinking ahead, there, well, this is twofold. I just had a conversation about this earlier. So on one hand, yes, there are moments where I, let's say, accomplish something or something unfolds and I have this feeling and I go, that's the feeling that I was holding on to when I was hoping for this to happen or, or when I was wanting to create this. But it doesn't always feel that way. Sometimes it does. But the other side of that for me, which is still a growth thing, is sometimes the feeling generated or the feeling that I had when I was in the visualization or hoping for it or desiring it or acting as if it's already here from that place then let's say the manifestation of it occurs, the mm. feeling may not be the same because maybe what I thought I wanted then looks mm. very different now that it's here. 
And so all of a sudden it can create a different feeling of, um, and I have to be mindful of this because this is where that whole toxic seeker thing comes in. I might then have something occur and be like, well, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And so the feeling kind of changes. Um, I was just talking with somebody about this earlier where we were at a different time in my life making a really big move. And it was to this town that everybody was like, oh, it's going to be amazing and wonderful. And I did all of this feeling work around feeling myself living there, feeling like what it would be, feeling like it would all of the things, all the details. And then when we got there, it was great for a little while, but shortly after I started to feel very disconnected. I started to feel like this is not the energy I thought I was going to be feeling living in this place. And it was beautiful and it was perfect because the discomfort I then started to feel in this new part of my life became the encouragement to dream even bigger. So does that make sense? Like the feeling sometimes does feel that way, but other times it shifts so that it'll ignite something different within me to create something new or something else. I love that because for me, it's called like I refine and retune and reset. Like if I, there's something I wanted and I, I bring it, bring it into my life. And then I realize, okay, this is not exactly how I wanted it. Okay. What pieces do I want and desire want to keep and where do I need to refine? And then I kind of go back into my, um, my laboratory and my mind to, okay, now what to expect? Cause it's always an expansion. Yeah. It's, I feel like one thing is taking, taking you to another, to another. Yeah. Absolutely. You just, you actually gave me a beautiful hit just now when you said that it's maybe it's our attachment to those things that causes mm. some, of that, you know, discontent or that suffering or, you know, like, oh, I thought it should feel this way now that I have it versus the, what am I feeling? Okay. And it's like, okay. Expand, right? Not and it's okay. Yeah. I'm learning like, okay, this is what I wanted. It's, it's, I realize it's not hundred percent of what I wanted and it's okay. I can change. I can have different desires. Yes. Con and that, isn't that another thing? And I'm sure you encounter this all the time with the women that you work with and where like, do you notice there's almost this guilt of, of like, oh, I thought I'd feel this way and it doesn't, but I might just hang on to this for a while because everybody else seems to think this is so great. And there's like this weird, totally. right? Like, do you ever have, you have that? It's yes, I do. I have. Um, and I'm learning that it's, I have to do what's best for me just because it looks good on paper. Doesn't mean it's good. Mm, I love that. You know, just because it looks good on paper, is it fulfilling me? And just because it's somebody else's dream doesn't mean I have to keep myself in this box when there's right. other dreams waiting for me now. Right. That's like you said earlier, we're elevating to higher dreams. Yeah. Oh, it's so true. There's so much. There's so much that we don't know. There's mm. so much about this world, this universe that we just can't see or sense or feel. And I like that. And I think that part of the magic is magic. Can that be that? Can can the unknown be a place of potential instead of the place where we think our scariest nightmares mm. are going to come? Like, it's just a flip of a switch. What if this is where everything we want stems from and can enter in versus our survival tactics of mm -hmm. making the unknown or the sacred pauses scary mm -hmm. because we're not doing something because that primal part of us is like, you need to act to do this. You need to show up. You need to like all the should haves. It's like, but wait a minute. The magic is usually also in those moments we weren't expecting the encounters, right? How many times have you just met someone or oh, had something God. happen where you're just like, so I was many. not expecting this to happen in this way. How cool is this? And like, there had to be some type of willingness or spaciousness for that to occur. So I think it's more like, all right, how can I create more of this spaciousness to have more of these divine aligned moments occur, these synchronistic events so that I am reminded constantly of this magic? That's one of my personal intentions going forward is help me realign with that. Like help me if I fall off track, if I have a bad day, if I wake up because I had a nightmare or maybe I just wasn't taking care of myself. It's like, I just want to always be open and willing to get right back on track and then mm. not beat myself up for the moments where I forgot the magic because it's yeah. still magical in its own yes. weird, scary, crazy way. <laughs> not scary, but different.
And it's been so magical to have you on today. I can just keep going on and on. And yeah, I want to be for three more hours easily. <laughs> you and I can sit here for hours. And it's it's it, it, this was enchantment. It was magic. I felt it. I felt the flow, um, the, the just the synergy. And and that's you've taught me today, you know, in this hours, that's what it's about. It's just the flow and the connection and being open. So I am grateful for you hmm. for that. I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for all of you that were here with us today. I really appreciate you because I know there are hundreds of other places you can be. And thank you for joining us. And for those of you on the replay, I do appreciate it. And my intention for you today and always is just stay open to the magic because it is around us every single day, every single day. Every day. It's yeah. always Thank you. Thank you, Grace, for the opportunity. You were so fun. You make this so easy. Like, this is so magical and enchanting. I love it. I love it. You're just, you're so good at this. And I, I love the energy that I feel in my heart and my body. And just thank you for a beautiful experience. Oh, me too. And thank you. And like I said, thank you to, to everyone. Um, I will go back to the comments. If we missed anything, we'll definitely take a look at those. In the replay, if you have questions, go ahead, put them in. I'm sure uh, Melissa and I will go back and take a look at them. Until then, thank you so much and have an incredible rest of the day and stay in that magic, my friends. Take care. Melissa, hang on with me for a second. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.